I'm not saying the nine to five is bad. I'm just saying that ain't what I chose. Mm-hmm. And so where these younger people come in and they just want to see under the hood, how the fuck is this dude doing seven figures on multiple businesses? And how, how's this work? Like, and dude, it's so funny, even in my community, like people just don't put the dots together and I don't really tell nobody. I just tell myself vitamins. I just downplay it. I don't really tell them shit. <laughs> <laughs> episode 20 this is life and lifting i'm trevor and i'm cohen and on today's episode we have another very special guest for you guys i'm excited cohen you want to kind of introduce him a little bit this guy we are talking to today is the owner of max effort muscle um he owns his own gym in ohio and this man has one of the craziest lives i've ever i've ever seen um, and he's personal friends with arnold so <laughs> let's introduce him this is Corey gregory what's up Corey? What up, what up? Street cred when you're friends with Arnold, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It automatically gives you the next like little boost. <laughs> nah, thanks for having me on the show. Look, I've been paying attention to what you guys are doing. Trevor, obviously I've known you, especially for a little while, and I love seeing you young guys trying to come up, mm-hmm. so anything I can do to help. Sorry it took me a little while to be able to get on the show, but I'm I'm hoping I can add some value, so I'm excited. Oh yeah, we've uh so we've been working with Corey to get like on the show for a while now. Corey's obviously a super busy guy. Um, so we kind of understood that it's going to take a little bit, but, um, so Corey, you kind of want to go in just a little bit about yourself, even though most of our viewers probably know who you are. Um, just, sure. just in case some don't, um, just kind of go about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of classify myself as a fitness entrepreneur. I mean, I've been on every side of fitness, you know, growing up from super humble beginnings, you know, grew up in a trailer, you know, single parent home, like. My mom paid $150 a month rent for the trailer, but always kind of like, you know, my grandfather kind of took took me under his wing, started showing me how to lift weights when I was about 12 years old, and I just really took a liking to it. I liked mm-hmm. the way it built my confidence, and I, I started to really dream about, like, how could I be one of these muscle guys I'm yeah. reading in the magazines, and is it possible, and, you know, what is – is there a job potentially from that standpoint? I, you know, I'm a fourth-generation coal miner. Um, everybody in my family did that. That's all we really knew growing up in the Ohio Valley. And so, you know, I got the opportunity and I say it was an opportunity because I grew from it tremendously to be able to do that for six months, save my money and really move two hours away to Columbus, Ohio to try to live my dream of being in fitness. Mm -hmm. And what, what a lot of people don't understand because you guys are young, but like 20 years, I've been doing this 20 years, 20 years ago, like, first of all, the internet was just starting to pop off, which is hard to believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no social media and no one where the fuck I live made money lifting weights. So (laughs) like that was like a phantom idea. And so for me, there was really no one to look up to from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. except for just a couple guys and and they weren't in the industry, obviously, because that industry was so small and it was all going on in California really and starting to really trickle this way. And it's like, you know, I just, it's the only thing I like to do. Like I literally like sports, but I enjoyed the weightlifting part of it better. Mm-hmm. I went, I did my first powerlifting meet when I was 17 years old and I've been hooked ever since. So I've competed probably shit 
40 times, you know, my entire Damn. life. And I've been competing for 20 years and I just caught the bug and I feel blessed every day that lifting weights and getting paid meant something different when I was 17, mm -hmm. but it's still the damn same today. It's yeah. just, it just, you know, what, what my day to day is just changed. That, that same excitement about it. Oh, listen, what a lot of people, I tweeted this the other day and I don't know if people understand this about me and I'm trying to say more like training dominates my thoughts, mm -hmm. literally. Like I, I think that's why I recognize or identify so much with Louis Simmons because that motherfucker is like a samurai. That's all he wants to do is yeah. train, get yeah. strong. Like that's why I absolutely like love his style of that. Now, some of the things I don't all the way agree with, that's that's notable, but mm -hmm. most of it like that style of stuff I do and I just was just just so passionate about lifting weights and getting better and getting stronger and building a body that like that dominates my thoughts. Business pushes me more mentally and it's a game right to see if you can win at oh, the end yeah. of the day and oh, yeah. set your family up and then like the reward comes from seeing guys like you coming up in the game you know other guys that i've taught and just like really seeing the impact like i just talked about it on the business and biceps like i had a person reach out to me the other day that was struggling with life and and really like was thinking about ending his life and wow. came to me and said i yes yeah, just hit me up on dm like yo i know you're a stranger but i've been following you forever i respect you and i just would like could you just give me some advice on how I can make, you know, be happier and, and do this. And like, that should shock me, right? Mm -hmm. Like this guy thought I was one of his last lines of, you know, doing the unthinkable. And so it, you start to realize that the way that I operate is, is started is really impacting people. And some of these people have been doing my workouts since they've been in eighth grade, bro. And now they're yeah. like 24 because mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. I mean, like that's kind of how it was for me. I was literally right before – uh, we like FaceTime you. I was talking to Cohen and I was like, it's crazy to me that we're about to like FaceTime Corey because I've been following him for so long, you know, like yeah. I remember like the first time we went to OSG um, this summer with Wood and Cody, I remember rolling up at four and I was just like, I almost felt like I had been there before just to, like social media and stuff like that. But then like legit like going in, like seeing the door, I remember like just walking up to it and having the weirdest feeling like just because mm -hmm. like being there is just a whole nother thing. And that's what I love about social media is like, it closes that gap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it's unbelievable. You, you get a chance to interact with so many more people than you wouldn't. Right. And that's the opportunities I didn't have when I was younger that I, I've been fortunate enough to adapt to as I got older where most like, that's what's kind of strange, right? I was talking, my son's 12 years old, and so he understands everything I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, his friend's parents have no fucking clue, literally. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, they don't understand how their kids know about me, but they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. it, dude, it's, it's pretty funny, um, and, and it feels good to kind of be in the now, and, and listen, at the end of the day, I, I have to adapt, or I'd have got left behind, and mm -hmm. luckily... I think my personality just lends to these type of formats. Like I, I dig them. I'm not scared of the camera. I enjoy teaching. And this has always been my jam. So it's just now, like Gary talks about it all the time, perfect. It's a great time to live, to mm -hmm. do what we do. And being an entrepreneur is cool now. It's like yeah. being an athlete where it wasn't, honestly, the motherfuckers were tripping when I went to open a gym when I was 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, talking about were you always kind of like that, person that was good in front of the camera or like did that take some getting used to like talking in front of people do you used to stumble over your words and now you just kind of grown into that role or have you always had that 
one time I stumbled over my words. One, one time. One time. That is insane. So I had I had a check this out. So um, I had a speaking engagement in front of fifteen people. I've heard this. And yeah. I bought and I botched it. Awful. And then literally like probably two months later, I got a consulting job. This is like early two thousands. Um, in this network marketing company speaking to their like reps or whatever. And I went from like 200 to like 1500 or 2000 and then like 6,000. So I went from 15 people struggling to speaking in front of 6,000, like eight months later. And then since then, never really had a problem. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that it's confidence. It's here's the thing. It's just like a test, right? When you study for a test, when you're in school and you don't know your shit, you're, you're freaked out. But when you know what you're talking mm -hmm. about and you here's the biggest key i didn't act like myself in front of those 15 people i absolutely acted like myself mm -hmm. in front of six thousand and killed it okay yeah so it's that that's it. it's that realism that you bring to the stage that's like i think Every that's time. something a lot of like kids our age mm -hmm. struggle with growing up is they're just like where do i fit in society and that's yep. something that i think we're constantly looking for and so I mean, that's a great example of like how you mm -hmm. slowly found that way to. Dude, I, I've always been confident in me. I'm a weird mix, like from the country, but I grew up on hip hop. Like I got my own style. I've always beat to my own drum. I've always been talking my own noise. Like mm -hmm. no one really believed half the shit I was spitting forever ago. And now they all believe it. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where I think that it took, but, but weightlifting gave me that confidence mm -hmm. too. I think. I didn't really start real personal development till like I was about 20. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing is I've been studying Napoleon Hill and Carnegie and all these things now for like 20 years also. And so like that, that mind and body stuff, you know, early in my business career was big. And I, I remember going to these little networking meetings and meeting these other older business people. And I'm like 23, 24, already driving to Benz and they're like, what kind of personal trainer got an S5? I'm like, bro, a good one. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> what like, do you want me to tell you? <laughs> yeah, like it just – and now I'm rocking the Bentley the same. So it's mm -hmm. like it, – it, it's one of those things where I think I always just had a confidence because I knew my work ethic would would was there. So I tweeted something earlier today. I said like at the end of the day, it's like just watch my actions. Mm -hmm. You can talk all you want to talk. But if you've been following me for this long, you know what the fuck I'm about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have to and, – and I'm consistent. So if something around me is fucked up, there's a consistent variable to me. Mm -hmm. Like you're always going to see what I do and what my standards are and what my values are. And if, if, if people are in and out of my life or this or that, like you already know what I'm about. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. And, yeah, and I, show, I show it every day. Yeah, so kind of like taking that step back, like around 23, 24 is when you really started focusing on your personal development. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, one thing we've talked about is people look over the process, especially at our age, of like we just look at people that are more successful, especially with the social media, how big it is with yeah. our generation, is like looking at people that are there already, and because they see that highlight reel, they expect to like get there all of a sudden, and they kind of overlook those first like 10 years like you had, where you had to like, oh, yeah. where you had to like really grind it out, you know, um, like, was there like can you like kind of explain those 10 years to yeah. us like just in like a little like yeah so i built a local business first because that was mm -hmm. my only opportunity right so i i spent 10 years just building personal training yeah there's no social media there's no like 
I did have a little bit of internet stuff going on. Like in 2006, I had internet clients. I was pretty far ahead of that game, but that's because I had network marketing clients that were making fifty, seventy thousand dollars a month. They they were out. They were like outside the box thinkers that said, "Well, shit, yeah, I could have a, a coach online." And so I was doing really well. Like in 2006, man, I was making seven thousand a month online online training oh, yeah, way before motherfuckers like even had a clue what that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I've been in this game for a minute. So it's like, but, but 23, 24, you know, I had uh, four different trainers working for me. I was just getting into my second facility that was about 2,000 square feet. And I literally worked, like I used to train at seven then because I had clients. For, I used to put 10 clients through from five to seven. Wow. I would work out at seven to eight. And then, you know, because I was competing in natural bodybuilding and powerlifting both. And then I would train all the way through one have another break for an hour and train three to eight mm-hmm. every day, half day Saturday. Like I was putting in, I think I had 36 clients coming like three days a week and I was just blowing through clients, man. Mm-hmm. And I was busy as shit. And a lot of people like, this is the thing, like my wife always says, she's like, cause what I've noticed about myself as I got older, I don't do real well working with the, with the same age group as me. Mm-hmm. I do better with teaching like younger guys like yourself because what happens is if I'm working with a peer, I'll call a business peer, is it's easy because there's respect. Mm-hmm. But usually when I work with people my age that haven't accomplished even you know remotely in that, then it's, there's always a problem because they think I think this or they're sitting around counting what I'm doing and they're not really learning. Because mm-hmm. there's all different times people start. You know, I just happen to start really young. Mm-hmm. Where when I work with these younger people, like – they're hungry for the information. They want to put their best foot forward. They're not a hater. Yeah. See, that's the difference. So I've had to, I've had to kind of really like segment how I've over time um, kind of done stuff. But you know, back in the day, like I just remember so focused on I need to blow up Columbus. Mm-hmm. I need, and I wasn't in the world gym community. I wasn't in like the kind of theater of trainers and MPC stuff. I was once again doing my own thing. Then I started the Ohio Natural Bodybuilding Federation. For seven years, I built a bodybuilding organization. I didn't once know that. again, I did. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that turned into the NOBA, which just recently last year was closed down. Oh wow! So it went from 2003 all the way till 17. Oh wow! It was an organization I started. So I hosted. So I came up with the idea. I said, okay, I'm Corey G. I'm at this little ass studio. How can I hang my name up in every gym in the city mm-hmm. to get exposure? Well, there was no drug-free bodybuilding shows. So when I started promoting them shows, I was able to hang my name up associated with the shows. So people then started saying, well, hell, we go down there. I bet Corey knows how to do posing, which I used to win a bunch of best posing awards. So taught myself how to pose by watching Frank Zane and all these guys and studying muscle magazines. And so then I started teaching posing. Then I started doing prep for people. And I started to make a name for myself within how to stack supplements, diet, and compete mm-hmm. on a drug-free level. And that's how I started really kind of getting some notoriety um, locally. That's Yeah, that's something crazy to think about. It's just that networking ability through mm-hmm. something that you created yourself, which I think some a lot of guys struggle with. But something you men- mentioned um, just a minute ago that was super interesting to me was that um, – that peer level like um, competition almost where they they hold that um, grudge against you for no apparent reason and um, constantly yeah and I think something that uh, separates maybe those guys that are willing to learn is like actual humility in the gym 
Like, you need to yep. go in there and be completely humbled by the weight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something yep. that a lot of people can't let go of. Well, I think what I started to figure out, like, straight up, I tried to bring some, young, like, dudes around my age that tried to transfer over from the MP days into, like, entrepreneurship. And they mm-hmm. just, they didn't realize their clock was just starting and mine had already been going for 20 years. Like, the way op- I operate and the way they operate ain't the same two things. Mm-hmm. Because I already done put 20 years in as an entrepreneur not the nine to five. I'm not saying the nine to five is bad. I'm just saying that ain't what I chose. Mm-hmm. And so where these younger people come in and they just want to see under the hood, how the fuck is this dude doing seven figures on multiple businesses? And how, how's this work? Like, and dude, it's so funny, even in my community, like people just don't put the dots together and I don't really tell nobody. I just tell myself vitamins. I just downplay it. I don't really <laughs> tell them shit, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but at the end of the day, like I really, I really enjoy um, having the Jason Newlands of the world come oh, over yeah. and learn to take down. Because what it comes down to, it, and you guys should do the same: come out for a couple days, pack some sacks, hang out. Like, mm-hmm. what happens is you start to take down what it really means to run like max effort at a seven-figure level. You're like, oh shit, okay. There's obviously a ton that goes into it, but this is really what it is. And, yeah. and almost every every occasion that I've been in. Whether it was going to see drama or whether it's messing with Arnold, which Arnold's an entirely different like stratosphere, but it's like still at the end of the day, you're like, oh shit, this is how this goes down. So mm-hmm. a lot of people fantasize in their mind and make something to be out some crazy thing, but it's really not. Yeah. yeah. And it's really possible for everybody. I done proved it. And when I spoke at my high school graduation this last year, which was a really big deal for me because they asked me to come back for the commencement, and I think like you know, graduating with like a 2.1 and I was standing there and I'm like, look, I'm just not like representing me. I didn't just do this for me. I did this for like my area. Like no one, no one did what I did. Somebody had to say like, this is how it works. And so guys like Zeke in the Valley, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to blaze the way for a guy like that could stay back there and have a business and have passion for it and still do it. And to me, like there was no me. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, and I really yeah. believed that at when I left there at 20 years old. Like, mm-hmm. somebody got to go fucking do it, and Miles will be me. Yeah, see, I think that's a mindset that um, a lot of people think isn't possible anymore because they're like, they see people like, oh, they've done it already. Like, everything's already been accomplished. Like, I've had friends tell me, like, someone's already done that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. but there's still always that opportunity, like, especially from where I'm from, we really don't have anyone like that either. You know what I'm saying? There's not really anyone in Northeast Indiana that's really accomplished yeah. anything like that. You know what I'm saying? And like, there's always that opportunity that you can make something happen. And, um, yeah. I think I, I hear a lot of people talk about is, um, that there's just no, there's no opportunity where we're from, you know? And, um, no one's willing to make that sacrifice like if they needed to like move for a while like example like you said that you moved two hours to Columbus where there was the opportunity just to make it yeah. happen for yourself um I know that like that's one thing I've thought about is like going away for like a summer just so I can be closer to like just something you gotta that... see what's going on man exactly. I mean you gotta I just knew like there's two things that were gonna happen I was probably gonna stay home and be like just miserable and make pretty good money, but I already seen how that stuff played out. I just wasn't willing to have any regret, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it was. Like, if the funny thing is, what I tell people all the time, like all this other crazy shit that's happened to me, 
I didn't even envision any of this. I just envisioned having a personal training studio or a gym and being a trainer. Like to me, at 20, at 20 and a half, I'm in my own gym taking money for, you know, 25 bucks an hour to train. Dude, I already fucking won, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's to me, like I was winning then. And if somebody would have said, are you successful? I would have said, fuck yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was just shoveling coal two years ago. Like mm-hmm. to me, somebody's paying me to lift weights. And if it never would have got any bigger than that, I still would have been able to feed my family and have a, a much, you know, like more fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously I had bigger aspirations as I got more into business, but dude, it, it, it happened early. Cause I was already so like focused. And even when I was shoveling coal, man, I was just sitting there thinking, just get through this, save your money, lift weights. And, and you'll have, you'll have it set up. Cause I came to Columbus with like 20 G in the bank, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've heard you talk about like reverse engineering before and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, you kind of want to like talk about that a little bit, just something for like our like listeners like to understand really what that truly means. I know I've talked about it a little bit, but sure. um, from someone that's like actually like done it, like when you started like Max and stuff like that, did you look at where you wanted to be and be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what we're gonna do to get there, or like when you started your gym, is that how you went about that, or? Well, we're like More like the training probably is the mm-hmm. easiest way. So like personal training is like a big entry point for a lot of people because it's a job that most people can conceptualize. And it's like I used to say like a lot of people that I know, especially in the 4AM crew, they're starting to transition out of like their normal jobs into the fitness or, or yeah, other things. I'm like that too. if you make $1,000 every two weeks and when I ask you how many clients and what rate that's going to take you to dip out, you should know. Yeah. That, that's the easiest reverse engineer, meaning like you shouldn't be like aimlessly like, well, I just hope I get 15 clients. Well, no, motherfucker. Is it 15 clients at 25 twice a week? Like what is the like what is the plan so you can execute so you know you're there? Mm-hmm. And I always knew my rent cost X. I needed X. And this it, it was 17 clients. This mean like I just always had that kind of like numbers set up and, and, and it's similar in all the businesses I do now we have sales goals that's why we run X deal or this deal same with my website for memberships that's why I do these different contests and different like I have everything set up to where I'm executing at a certain point because mm-hmm. I know what I want to bring home you know per month and what I want to set aside for my future mm-hmm. and have enough money to get toys and go on vacation and shit too you know and so it's like i've been just trying to execute that and what's also crazy is like as you get older and you've been in the game so much your skill sets get to a certain point where you can accumulate way more dough just because you can just be in more things effectively because you've just been doing it so long like my work capacity and business capacity now is at the the highest it's ever been so like if so a lot of you guys know me but if you hung out with me for a day, then you would really get a feel on how I really operate. A lot oh, of people yeah. don't really like – they see the gym and they see a little bit of this and that. But like I'm operating like one, two, three, four, five businesses Damn, that, that are all doing extremely well revenue-wise. And mm-hmm. so when you see me – and obviously John Fosco is one of my major partners, Dustin Myers. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not just me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all but, the guys. <clears throat> But it's but the conglomerate kind of fitness slash media now with the podcast doing as well as it is at oh, Business yeah. and Biceps, like 
there there's a lot of really interesting things going on mm-hmm. uh, around me right now and and i feel super blessed but like, like i am and then trying to be a dad on top of it of three and, and make sure my wife doesn't hate me because i'm so busy <laughs> you know and train and compete i mean i i always like wanted to be known as the guy that was a legitimate lifter bodybuilder but also had real deal business skills mm-hmm. and that that's i think my going to be my claim hopefully legacy wise is that plus not taking drugs yeah yeah see i think that's one thing that really like sets you apart from a lot of people we, too we actually talked about that today mm-hmm. um i at the big talk now steroids I, I mean we listened to oh man how many podcasts on the way down to florida i think it was three different ones because it was business and biceps it was Pat McAfee and Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan and yeah each and one of them each one of them mentioned steroids at mm-hmm. one point and it's just it's big talk now and we were talking about just like like the long term the respect is it's, mm-hmm. it's completely different than yeah for sure the other yeah I think it'll start to get like um eventually you can only pull the wool over everybody's eyes for so long like I've been doing this a really long time and I'm still like buck 85 buck 88 when i'm like dialed in right and like 200 in the off season like i know i only graduated high school 165 so i wasn't that big of a dude yeah but at the end of the day i put 20 plus pounds of legit like veined out muscle on myself like when it's time to roll and that that's what it takes i mean and i'm not amazing genetics i got okay genetics i mean i wasn't born with abs or anything so i just think like I couldn't look my kids in the eyes. Everybody has a different process on this. And, mm-hmm. and and I didn't want my son to grow up thinking like, daddy's arms are, you know, his muscles are so big. And then them to realize down later in life that I basically, to me, it's cheating. Yeah. Right. So that was a hard, it all comes back to them for me, man. That's, I just put out on my Instagram, like it's all about that next generation of mm-hmm. them seeing how I operate, what my values are, um, the, the way that I have faith in what I do and confidence and, and just giving back and that that is everything to me man and mm-hmm. and that i couldn't do now i get once again arnold obviously took drugs back in the day it wasn't really illegal then mm-hmm. louis simmons is another one i look up to he's obviously been very pro steroid yeah and he's got that killer mentality like anything goes everything yeah. to be the best yeah so i get it i respect it but it's also known fact mm-hmm. where i got major problems is where people aren't telling you that they're taking them mm-hmm. and then like I hear guys at the Arnold and I'll, I'm not going to say names, but I hear other people talking about people that I know one fucking million percent are on drugs. And you hear these kids your age going, nah, man, I think he's drug free, but he's two sixty and ripped. Like yeah. get the fuck out of here, bro. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's where I got issues and exposing people to, to that. Like, that's why I just try to fly right, man. And, I'm never going to be the biggest or the strongest, but I got the best every ounce of potential um, that I could ever get out of myself. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think I'll have some of my best powerlifting still yet to come. Oh yeah, yeah, which is definitely yeah. impressive. No, that's that's so true though. Um, yeah, like sometimes like when we get bored, we'll like go through and like follow like progress of like powerlifters just to see like how far they've come and your potential. It has not stopped growing. It's mm-hmm. one of the most mind-boggling <laughs> things us is. We just see you growing more and more as business or as um in your lifting arena and your crew. It's all just grown exponentially. And we're getting so strong. Like I, I legitimately think that, you know, based off of like a lot of West Side type of ideals, like oh, yeah. just the way they operate and the, the urgency. And that's 
where I get a lot of my, you know, a lot of it from because I look up to those guys. From that standpoint, I'll have definitely the probably strongest drug-free crew out. No oh, question. No the, oh, what yeah. I'm seeing, what I'm seeing happen right now, the competition, the urgency from a bunch of guys between 165 and mostly 198. It's really fucking impressive. And there's there's weights being moved that early days when I would go to West Side, the little guys weren't moving, to be straight with Dang. you guys. Wow. So I'm seeing some stuff that I know is real good, and within a year it could be great, yeah. essentially. You got guys in there. Leaf is pulling some heavy weight, core car. Zach, Tyler, yeah. Carp. I mean, dude, the list goes on. Just a on. fucking bunch of on. savages, bro. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they're great guys. And it's starting to, it's starting to get some hype around it, too, where – they, people know when they come near the train, like, I mean, dude, today, I think we had 17 guys pull in off three mats, and every one of those motherfuckers pulled 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. That, and, like, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of guys were between 550 and 600, and it's like, you know, you just don't have a group that, that mm-hmm. is that dedicated. That's why it's real special, man. I tell these guys all the time, like, I'm so glad for them because they keep pushing me. Yeah. And now that I'm back in powerlifting gear again, like, I'm really focused on, you know, I squatted 700 a couple different times, but what's to say I can't squat 800 with mm-hmm. this kind of hype? You know yeah, what I mean? Like I, I, I want to really leave a legacy as that I was that I had some legitimate uh, numbers in me, and and yeah, I feel the best I ever have. Actually, kind of wild, <laughs> and I'll be 40 this year. <laughs> hey, look at that! Big four. I heard 40s yeah. like 30. Yeah. So. I ain't scared. <laughs> yeah. Hey, great things to come, man. I so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it back again. Um. So, like, personally, when you, like, kind of take us to your mindset, like, when you're you're back, you're 20 years old, and you're getting ready to make that jump, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, when, for you, was it that, like, clarifying point, like, it's time for me to go do this? Like, was there a day where all of a sudden you're like, I'm going now? Was there any, like, th- like obviously, you were probably, like, nervous, or, like, how did that thought process go for you? Yeah, it was kind of funny, right? So... I've told the story a couple times, so I'll try to give you guys some insights like I haven't. So I walked down to, I was at the gym and I was personal training. It was like a barber shop. I was paying twenty bu- or 200 bucks a month and I could train as many clients as I wanted. And the guy that was the, the basically like the boss of that place, it was like a tennis and fitness club, he left. And so I applied for the manager job at 20. Now that would have been $9 an hour. I think it was 25 hours a week plus I could be training on top of it so I was like man I'll be killing it and they passed it over because some guys whole format was like let me be the manager I'm gonna come in and manage these trainers better we're gonna get 30% of that dude's money we basically try to squeeze me mm-hmm. and so when he came in all like smug because he was an older dude like hey this is how it's about to go down I'm the new manager and I was already pissed because they didn't give me the job anyway and he was like, starting next month, I'm taking 30%, bub, like a total dick. So I was like, man, fuck this dude. <laughs> Straight up. So I literally didn't say anything except for like in my head, like, yeah, fuck you, bro, whatever. I had 20 clients at the time. I walked right out of the door, got right in my fucking Acura Integra <laughs> I had right at that time. And I and I was started just driving around within th- – I, I circled three-mile radius. Where can I open a gym at in some closet-ass fucking storefront and take all these people, catch them all off guard and tell them to all go fuck themselves basically? And literally, that's exactly what I did. So it wasn't even here, – here's what's funny. I should thank that dude if I could ever see him 
because I would never have started my own gym that early mm-hmm. because I was killing it and I was already running my own business, but I wouldn't pay an electric. I, I didn't need insurance. Like, but he pushed me because I'm not a pushover. So yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I wasn't going to just like go, yeah, motherfucker. I just got all the coal mine. Let me go ahead and let you push me around. Yeah. Right. This dude, like, there's no way he could fuck with me. So I was like, I'm out. And, and I don't know if it was just, you know, crazy ambition or just like partly uh, my ego, but I was just like, man, I'm not letting this dude bully me around. Screw you. So I went out, found a spot, signed the lease. I took out a, a credit card for $5,000 or $4,000. My dude gave me $1,000 because he spent 100 at the club. And I had 900 So he had 900 from him. I had 4900 bucks. a bunch of my clients. The same thing I told Jason Newland. I was like, if you show that you're going to do something, people will rally around you, especially mm-hmm. when you're young. Every one of my clients gave me dumbbells. One gave me a treadmill. Like Everybody just kind of pulled together, and they wanted to see me win because I was helping enrich their lives. And so really it happened that fast mm-hmm. within 30 days, I was in my own spot running. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Just rocking and rolling. And I didn't, I just wasn't scared. I mean, dude, it's so funny. Cause my roommates at the time, cause I was living on Ohio state and you know, their keg parties and I'm running flyers off the of Kinko's <laughs> down the street and they don't really get it. And they like had a, they had a meeting with me. They're like, gee, like we're like, did you ask anybody or do you know what you're doing? I'm like, Dude, I've already been making money. Like, I ain't scared of this. Like, if all I ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. My mom ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. Like, what the fuck are they going to get? Like, what's the worst case scenario? I go back and mine coal. I already fucking did that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, what do I got to lose? Why am I scared? I wasn't scared. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Especially. So I wasn't scared. At that age, you don't have anything that you could really, like, like you I said, like, lose, lose anything. Yeah. It's not like you have anything. <laughs> really to you at 20 years old that's like one thing to me like dude i, I really don't it's, no you ain't got nothing so like if you're gonna fuck it up why not fuck it up early <laughs> i yeah. mean now i had way more to lose in 2008 when i decided to start muscle farm with this other dude and i had a hundred thousand dollar business i had to give up mm-hmm. and i had to go into a new like i already had children like that was a whole different set of like this early stuff like that's why I tell these guys and you guys too, fucking figure it out because mm-hmm. the earlier you get it started, as long as you really are in, yeah. like, here's the thing that I grabbed from ET when I used to listen to ET he's like, I didn't just kind of want it. Mm-hmm. I fucking wanted it mm-hmm. and I went and got it and I grew it. And then literally there was no ceiling for me and there still isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I love that mentality. I've never... I guess I, I kind of thought about it before, but not really like fully like grasp it that at 20 years old, all I have is I have rent that I pay and I get, I have college tuition, but even then, like what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of money, but that's not something they could really like take from me. You know what I'm saying? But rent, yeah, really, I mean, like, rent and food are really my only expenses when it comes down to it. That's what I'm saying. So it was like, I just did like the pros and cons and I was like, this is my dream. This dude's being a douchebag and fucking let's go. Mm-hmm. In a matter of minutes. So you're like, all right, I figured this out. Uh, yep. That guy's a dick. I'm out. That's- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rash decision, but I knew it was the right one. I was like, I'm either a fucking punk or I just go figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you like, it didn't just go all like, 
unicorns and fucking rainbows. Like there were some hard months, barely being able to pay the rent, you know, and during December, a lot of the clients fall off because a lot of my clients weren't rich, man. They like barely could afford it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the housing crisis hit, that hurt oh, me. Yeah. When 9-11 hit, that hurt me. Like, oh, you know, man. there's a lot of those things that are, you know, the, the effect of a trainer's like charging 25, not getting like 70 at the country club, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't want to paint a picture that that was easy. Yeah. I grinded for 10 years and went through hundreds and hundreds of clients to find what I called like 35 teamers. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, there's a big That basically difference. I yeah. knew could pay my pay my bills, I could count on them and that you know I could almost pretty much write damn near uh a like fucking check to myself mm-hmm. that I knew how much I was going to make. Yeah. But it but that definitely didn't happen like overnight. That took some time. Mm-hmm. You had to filter through them all. Yeah, like literally like 10 years, man. Like it was it took uh it took a long time. And so I need to get better at painting that picture because there's there's really three lives of of let's call my personality of Corey G. There's <laughs> the personal there's personal trainer Corey, which was ten years of the local grind okay. and the aspirations of maybe being in supplements or you know being at the Arnold working behind a booth or whatever. These are all things that <clears throat> I used to think about all the time, just like you guys probably. And then the second version of me is the muscle farm era. Mm-hmm which was eight or nine years of, Hey, I'm a player in the industry. No question. Like Mm. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I was a, I was a major player at that time and was able to solidify myself from a content standpoint. All the dude, I had 58 million page views on bodybuilding.com. Holy cow. Like a lot of people don't realize the exposure that I had, like, like the get swole plan, 58 million page views, the squat every day, 28 million page views, Mm. busy diet. Like, I probably had a hundred million page views on bodybuilding.com. Like Dang. that shit was next level because yeah. of my content game. And that's, that's where the stuff Gary talks about all those years of that grind and some talent when it was time in that moment to grab land, grab that I was able to get it with my talent mm-hmm. and with my confidence and with my know-how because of all the years I had put in. Right. And then now there's the post muscle farm, which is now, you know, max effort, direct to customer, business and biceps, media, Corey G Fitness as my own personal brand, thousands of members all over the world. Like there's it's crazy to me that tomorrow when I wake up, somebody from Ireland, India, China, they all pay me nine bucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's tri- it's trippy, bro. Yeah. And so there's now this like internet based kind of version of me that's teaching that is like the third, it's literally chopped in threes mm-hmm. for me. It's 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 pretty wild, man. Yeah, that's a that's that that that's to be one of the best feelings in the world, and to be able to know that you're fulfilling lives by just fulfilling yourself, basically, just living your own it's life true. and like inspiring people through that. It's so wild to me every day, but I know through my discipline, it it impacts people, and it's so weird, and it's partly because of the 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 world we live in right now, just by showing what. I was trying to accomplish mm-hmm. that I didn't was was not born with a silver spoon that no one fucking believed in it and that I show what it takes on a day-to-day basis and attempting and I'll say attempting because mm-hmm. it's hard to balance the family the no drugs competing business all this stuff like and, and as I get a chance to have a bigger platform with I think business and biceps will help this a lot as it grows for people to understand 
literally like truly how I'm operating, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the space. And, and I'm passionate to let people know it's all possible. Um, <clears throat> did, wait, you have a question? No, no, you're all good, man. When you, did you deal with like friends that gave you crap basically when you were trying to start with this? Like, or did your friends support you? I know they sat you down. Um, but did you have any friends that were kind of like this dude's whack? Like he has no idea what he's talking about. Or did they, they just all... didn't know any better. They just yeah. didn't know any better. They weren't necessarily hating. Here's what the, here's what these conversations, bro. You're not partying with us on Thursdays anymore. Like that, <laughs> that, and I'm like, motherfucker, I own a gym. <laughs> I can't. I got a work day tomorrow. Yeah, I got clients at seven. So there wasn't. Um, I never really had like a lot of people that were kind of saying this or that wouldn't work. I think it helped that I didn't live where I grew up. Yeah. I mean, I think that was huge because I came here, no one knew me. Like, that's why I always tell people, like, if you live in a metropolis and you grew up there, to be able to get, like, a base of people to support you should be much easier. Like, when I come to the city, like, I didn't know anybody, man. Mm-hmm. You had to and make so a name I was for just yourself. Up- Absolutely. Yeah. Something so important I don't think a lot of people consider. Mm-hmm. For sure. I definitely think that that's one thing. Okay, so that leads me to, like, another question. I'm sorry. I haven't asked a lot of questions. But, You're good. Uh, um, do you That's think... why I'm here, Trevor. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, so, basically, when you, if you had the opportunity, do you think you would have, like, in the social media area, er, area, area, era, era, mm-hmm. um, era. do you yeah. think that you would have gone and tried to learn from someone? Because I know you and John talked about that, and Maurice talked about that on a podcast, is, like, Mm-hmm. Um, going and trying to learn from someone. I know John was a bit ad- advocate of that, of like getting experience from people that are doing it before you like jump. Or Absolutely. You definitely are a big advocate. Yeah, because of that. you got to know like what it really takes. Mm-hmm. Because people might think they want to do what I do, mm-hmm. but they might not really want to sign up to do it once yeah. they actually experience it. And so that's not good or bad. That's just the truth. Just like you know what Vaynerchuk talks about all the time is about his 15 hour days and all that travel. Like I don't want to do that travel and do all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's not my jam. Right. I like being in the small town. I like being at old school. Like I like doing the internet stuff and yeah, I'll travel from time to time, but that's not really my thing. So yeah. it's like, but I don't miss mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. Like, and let very rarely, and, and I'm a stickler for the real basics, like be on time, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, I am like an old school cat like that because that's literally still how stuff works. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, and I don't beat on millennials because like you guys just have different opportunities than I had. And actually I'm benefiting a lot from it. So I'm not going to hate on it. And, And I think I jive more with this generation than even my own. And so, but I think it's like, but understand that that 10 years we spoke about or that op the way I operate on a day to day basis, seeing how much I'm on the te- like on the phone all day long, mm-hmm. seeing the fires I'm putting out, seeing the talking twos to these young dudes I'm trying to teach, like it's it's a lot, man. And then boom, as soon as I hit the door, it's to practice. Mm-hmm. Like I just got home from baseball practice, you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. with my kids. So it's it's one of those things I think that people think they want to sign up for, and that's kind of the area of the entrepreneur right now. It's it's cool to do, but some of them like really hard days where nothing's going your way and it feels like fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't want to go through that. They want to be told what to do. And so 
that's what I think is like if if you really want to do your version of what I get to do, mm-hmm. then experiencing it is is important. And even at this part, the way that I operate is so much more free flowing than it ever had been because now I don't really need to make a dollar tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've accumulated a, a certain amount of wealth to well, where like obviously I'm building more, but I don't struggle to pay my bills. Most mm-hmm. of my stuff's paid off. I don't really like have to do anything or be anywhere. And that's, a, you know, money doesn't give you happiness, but it gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom to operate how you want. And and so I think like, but still, I try to I try to work like I'm broke. Yeah. I mean that's that, because I, like that I talked about this on a podcast the other day. I don't know if this one's dropped yet, but I'm scared for it to go back. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. And Maurice is like, for real, G? Like, you know it ain't going back. I'm like, but that's the way I think about it. Like, mm-hmm. if I miss – I haven't missed more than a week's workout since I was like fucking 16. Mm-hmm. But it's like if I would like slack on this because I think I made it or I think I got enough, that shit can go backward just as fast as it went forward. Yeah. And so I'm a momentum guy. Like, I understand – I felt it tremendously multiple times in my in my life. I feel it right now, honestly, just like I did back in the MP days, and and I just I, I just know it's so hard to recreate. So there's no stop for me. It's only push forward, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's never it's never steered me wrong. Yeah, you got to take that momentum whenever you can get it. And sometimes, like this is something I've been reading about lately. But when your momentum, you feel your momentum slowing, you got to. You gotta fight through. You gotta grab your, you gotta grab your cross, and you gotta grab your tie your bootstraps, and you gotta walk up that hill, no mm-hmm. matter how hard it's. Absolutely, raining. man. You gotta push forward. And I, I know, like, it's a killer when you groove it, man. I mean, it, it's very powerful. Like, you feel like you're pushing that rock up that hill all by yourself, and then when you get it to the top and it rolls, man, it can roll crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't. And, even I, and, I've, and I've experienced yeah. it. I know exactly what it feels like. Yeah, that's. That's definitely some wise. It's serious, bro. <laughs> as soon as you get, it and flung. it's all worth, and it's all worth it. But it might take five years to create it. But when it bangs, yeah, I, I can't tell you guys like how crazy it is that I used to grind. I'm talking grind to make three grand in a month or two grand in a month personal training, and how I can make that in hours now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's still trips me out um and i'm still so thankful for it uh it's but it comes down to just all of these things together the bodybuilding.com stuff all this stuff from earlier in my career the minds i've given away ten thousand copies of the mindset yeah that is that's such a good book (laughs) unbelievable yeah thanks you know and and i'm passionate about giving it away because i just know if somebody reads that they're gonna feel completely different about me i don't know how they could that's exactly why i started working out like at 5 a.m. is because I remember reading that and I had been getting up at 7 and then I was like I remember reading it about 4 or I think it was 5 that you talked five about then, yeah. yeah and you were um talking about how like you're like I thought that 7 was early and stuff like that and then I was like oh shit that's me <laughs> and I was like I, I think the exact same way and then I remember I was talking to my roommate and I was like yeah dude I'll, I'll, I'm getting up at 5 tomorrow and he's like are you serious? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I gotta do it. And I was like, just like kind of like <laughs> make that jump and, uh, cause you were like, you just like dial back fifteen minutes. I was like, well, I was like, well, I have the exact same mindset. Like, if I want to like <laughs> do this, I was like, I just need to get up earlier. <laughs> and I mean, so it definitely funny. paid off, dude. Yeah, big payoff. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, see right there, that makes my day, man. Just to think like I remember getting up 30 minutes and, and dude, the mindset manual was a big like kind of gap for me because I, I released it right after I left Muscle Farm. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of, of those books were bought and that kind of helped me in a little transition between getting that up and then the site launching. And I remember getting up 30 minutes earlier before the gym. Mm-hmm. And there was days I actually skipped workouts because I was flowing so well on that. Really? And it was a big accomplishment. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was a, it was a very big accomplishment for accomplishment for me to get that done. Mm-hmm. Because once again, like when my kid read it, dude, I would never think in a million years or be able to articulate to my kids or my family how I really felt. Mm-hmm. How those those occurrences and those chapters, how what they meant to me about the daily perspective or getting up or the you know my mom read that book and there's things she didn't even know mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's like it it was a very very cool experience was to get it, it done yeah writing can be so reflective and mm-hmm. I think that's something that people when they start writing they get like addicted because it really yep. encourages you to understand what's mm-hmm. going on inside of your head which yeah. can be very I, complex. I'll, I'm addicted to content in general, and I'll tell you one of the things that per, per like per uh, what's what's uh, what's that word I'm looking for anyway. It pushed it even further for me was my friend from Barbell Shrug, Chris Moore. He died like a year ago, and so Barbell Shrug was the first podcast I was ever on, mm-hmm. and it expl- it exploded for me. Like it crossed me over into Olympic lifting, powerlifting, even more like. CrossFit and like way more motherfuckers knew about me cross past like fitness and he was an awesome guy and he died like and his kids were like they're young like five and seven he had a wow. heart attack at like 40 years old he was used to be like a big west side dude power lifter football guy mm-hmm. and I started realizing like his kids will never know him mm-hmm. but 175 episodes of Barbell Shrug all the videos he did he wrote oh, yeah. three books it actually when i see you guys i've got one of his uh, books i bought a bunch of them just off his wife when she was selling them and and uh, it's called barbell buddha and it's like it that's how they'll know him mm-hmm. so sometime at some point my kids my grandkids whatever it is they'll probably watch this when mm-hmm. you guys are doing your thing my age killing it like and and i i honestly think about that and what's so funny about how popular like Vaynerchuk's got, whether it was jab, jab, right hook, or the thank you economy, these are all things I've done naturally this whole time. Mm-hmm. I always answered everybody's tweets and told them thanks and appreciate their business. I I jabbed seven years of free workouts. Mm-hmm. That's how you guys know I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, because you had them all for free, and I just mm-hmm. I just hoped that you would try to buy my protein when it was time because I, I guilted you in because your workouts were so much better, right? It's really, it's really no different. So I literally did all of these things without reading about them. They just became, they were just natural occurrences mm-hmm. to me because honestly, they just made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's one thing I remember, um, like the, the whole family thing. Um, I remember reading about that when you're talking about that and like your um, daily, uh, your driving statement, driving purpose or something driving like that. Driving purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you like writing that out in there and stuff like that and how you recommend writing that out. And I remember 
last year when I was trying to like cut weight just to see if I could like mentally like, put myself like through it. Um, mm-hmm. Every morning I'd wake myself up like 15 minutes early and I would write down like that driving purpose and I would write out like my goals like for the day and stuff like that and like my mindset was just such like kind of like with that momentum thing was just like rolling like every day like it, I didn't feel like a struggle you know what I'm saying like it was just something like it was a part of the daily process and it's locked in bro locked yeah. in I mean but I don't what I always think is like if people just know knew how good they could feel mm-hmm. or how like focused they could be I guess that at this point in my life and I had struggled to identify with being off of that path of like, dude, I still like to go get beers and hang out mm-hmm. and do stuff and whatever. But dude, I want to feel good. I want to feel dialed in. I want my training to go well. And it's, it's too important for me to like, to, to stay right because yeah. I just know what it yields. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so fucking long that that's why I believe there's no ceiling is because of those routines that I've kept to, they just fucking work, man. Yeah. That's all That's all it is. Like, me and Maurice talk about it all the time, and that's why, you know, I was pumped about bringing him on, on the podcast because I taught him a bunch of this stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I've seen what he's done with it, and and he's like, it just it, it, it just works, man. Mm-hmm. It just this is what it is. It's just yeah. fucking hard, though. I mean, that's yeah. it. Nobody wants to do it. It's a hustle, and it's a it's. Oh yeah. yeah. And I think that one thing that's going to be awesome is that in like when you were growing up and you were going through all this, like in the initial stages, there wasn't that social media document at all. But now like with like Jason and like us and like all the younger guys, like you can see like from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Like when Cohen and I are 20 years old and we are, I guess he's 19, but we started a podcast that like you know what I'm saying and like to be able to look back like in the future just like how much better we got like our first episode I think we recorded three times because we're like just kept like messing up but now like (laughs) it's just kind of one of the things where like we just get on we're more confident with ourselves um yeah, just be you guys. Like yeah. people, people that are friends with you guys like you because of your personalities. Exactly. You gotta project something else. I figure out if motherfuckers don't like me, then tough shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At this point, I mean, I want to be liked. I, I don't like when people, you know, say this or that about me, or you know, have taken something I've said the wrong way. But at the end of the day, I realize also with the amount of people that have been exposed to my content. Not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to believe that I've never taken drugs. Not everybody's going to believe this or that. But I really can't worry about that. I just worry about like I've got X amount of thousand people that really have got onto my stuff. And then I, I believe it's positively affected their lives. Mm-hmm. And now with some of the outlets I have, I believe I get a chance to do that just with way more people. On a daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I really enjoy it. I mean, I get mm-hmm. up every day pretty excited. Yeah. That, that's what – that's what it's all about, you know, just waking up and being not, I don't want to say content because being content means like you're, uh, yeah. I'm fine with being dormant, but yeah, but you're, you're ready for the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Um, like my wife always talks about like, you just spring out of bed. Like I'll, I'm, I literally like so pumped to go. I think because I start the day with my thing that's the most favorite thing for me Mm -hmm. to do which is train compete make myself better from that standpoint and then i get my brain time between you know the gym's like 40 minutes away so i get 
an hour and some change to really kind of dial mm-hmm. into some material. And I, I love that stuff, man. It just, it's just really, I feel blessed that I got onto it as, as young, as young as I have, mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to, um, kind of pass it on to guys like yourself. Yeah. I, well, I appreciate it more than, uh, I'm sure you understand how much you affect people's lives, but the amount that we appreciate, like the fact that you're as responsive as you are to, uh, people that follow you like younger guys and being willing to give back um and just the overall overall personality of like yeah reaching out to people mm-hmm. and like being able to like communicate with them of someone your size that's uh that's yeah. a really humbling thing to know mm-hmm. and thanks man yeah so i think that second. yeah we do this thing i don't know if you've ever listened to the cast before but we do this little 30 second outro where we just give you um time to speak what's on your mind maybe give a sure. little thing whatever love it so here's the thing i would not be anywhere close to the level that i've been able to achieve and i feel like there's so much more in store for me if i wasn't like at a non-negotiable level of what i do every morning straight up there it doesn't matter like i'll take a red eye from business in la and land at three and go to the gym and sleep in the parking lot till four and train. I'll go, you know, if I'm out late, if I'm not super hammered, I get up and still go to the gym. Like mm-hmm. it makes all the difference in the world to me to stay to my schedule and throw myself right back into it. And if you haven't listened to one fucking thing I said today, try to get up earlier and get a daily routine that involves two things. One that's some type of training, and that could be walking your damn dog. It doesn't have to be squatting 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. And do something that that is gonna challenge your brain, because just like your body, if you don't use, you don't use it, you fucking lose it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the body in motion stays in motion. The body rest stays in rest. It's the same with your brain. It'll go to sleep on you. And I think that do stuff that just makes you feel better. And mm-hmm. those two things just prime your body to be, you know, to choose to live a life that. If the glass is half full, yeah. That's it. Amen. Well, we appreciate <laughs> it. This was a Welcome. life and lifting episode twenty. Make sure you go give our man Corey G a follow. Um, Corey G Fitness is his Everything. Instagram handle and uh, CoreyGFitness.com. Max effort stuffs. It's been great talking to you today, Corey. Like you got it. Thanks, fellas. Comment, subscribe. Much love. Peace. Peace.